today on The Travel Guys. In the travel news, a tourism destination rises to the occasion and water restrictions get tighter for visitors to the Grand Canyon. The holidays will be here before you know it. And if you're planning on flying somewhere for Thanksgiving or Christmas, we have some warnings about buying tickets and an important cancellation rule to remember. That's coming up at 320. Chris Elliott is a travel guy for Forbes and USA Today, plus runs his own consumer advocacy organization. Today at 335, he talks about cleaning deposits and vacation rentals. Let his experience save you a headache or two. Each December, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra brings a magnificent Christmas show to town, and at 350, Al Petrelli joins us to tell you about this year's performance and how to get your tickets. It's 3 o'clock on a Sunday. The regular crowd shuffles in here to catch a couple of travel guys and listen to what wisdom they bring. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. To Alaska, go north for Russia's own. Welcome, welcome, everyone, uh, to another edition of the locally grown uh, Travel and Entertainment Guys radio program. I'm Tom Romano. Our number one host, Mark Hoffman, is uh, alongside me. Thanks for taking time out of your day to join us here on the Travel Guys. Mark, uh, what say you? Well, buddy, um, interesting week. Hey, I had a, we had a group up in the Black Hills of South Dakota last week. Have you ever been up to Mount Rushmore? I have not. Always wanted to go. Hope to. Yeah, well, it's on my bucket list. Up there, up there on, at Mount Rushmore in that area, in the Black Hills, there's also Crazy Horse Mountain. Mm-hmm. And for the last, oh, uh, 70 years, they've been carving a likeness of Crazy Horse on that mountain. And one of the things that we do with our groups every year the general public stands on the ground and looks at the carving of, on the mountain, and they're mm-hmm. getting—they've made a tremendous amount of progress, and it, it looks like crazy horse. You can see it from from the ground pretty easily. At Sports Leisure, we take our people in jeeps up on the mountain ooh, to ooh. where they're doing the carving. Really, and okay. it's one of the coolest things in the world. And last week, the group got up there just a, a few days ago, and it was pouring rain at Crazy Horse. And the, the rain stopped and the skies opened about 10 minutes before their window to get up on the mountain would have closed. So that was pretty cool. And then I was watching the folks standing in line. I, I, they said on TV that the line to pay respects to the queen was up to 24 hours at one point. Oh, yeah. In fact, I think at one point it was even longer than that. And I, I can't imagine. I mean, I've stood in line for three, four hours for different events. But, I mean, that is... Uh, that is love for a queen. That is love for country like you've never seen it. And, it, you know, and these people don't even, it hardly seems to phase them. I mean. It, it boggles the mind, but I will tell you that it's likely that some of those people are going to remember that experience for the rest of their lives. Oh, sure. I remember Clayton and I standing outside in a Detroit neighborhood years ago when Rosa Parks had passed and she was laying in state. And we waited, we didn't wait 24 hours. We waited about two hours to get up to where she was. And there weren't too many people who were not people of color in the neighborhood that night. Um, but it was just standing in that line and talking to people 
about Rosa Parks and about where they lived and about their lives and sharing things back and forth. You would never have had the opportunity. You'd never met those people. You would have never talked to them. It just, if you ever get the opportunity to do something like that, um, take it because the standing in line may turn out to be something that you, something very much different from what you thought that it might be. And I will, I will suspect, I will guess that it may be turn out to be a real ex life remembering experience for you. But anyway, just seeing those folks all waiting to see that the, the queen reminded me of that night in Detroit, waiting to see Rosa Parks. Very cool. I'm glad that you had that experience. That's amazing. All right. Uh, at the top of every Travel Guys radio show, we bring you up to date on what's been going on in the travel news. And with that, uh, travel news, here's Mark. So in the headlines, we mentioned about a uh, tourism destination rising to the occasion. I'm kind of proud of my friends out um, Cape Cod at Martha's Vineyard who uh, suddenly had some new neighbors on fairly short notice last week. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of the folks out on the Cape. Um, we've done business out there for a lot of years. And, yeah, it's kind of a hotsy-totsy area. There are a lot of people. There's a lot of money out there on on the Cape. But, anyway, I'm just kind of proud of those folks for um, stepping up and taking care of, the, of their new neighbors. And uh, after a couple of days, I think the new neighbors and the people um, – of Martha's Vineyard were, t were, were, were both sad to have to depart from each other's company. At least that's what I heard by talking um, to some of my friends out uh, in Provincetown and on Martha's Vineyard uh, in the last couple of days. So anyways, it, it's, a, it's all a political thing, but um, at least in this case, the folks were taken care of. Well, you know, apparently uh, they had told the people, first of all, the people that went, it, it was voluntary. Uh, you know, why wouldn't they volunteer to go someplace other than where they were? Uh, and they, they told them they were going to Boston. Uh, mm -hmm. But they handed them a packet that had the map of Martha's Vineyard. So I'm pretty sure that once they got on the on the bus or the, the plane or whatever, they were had a pretty good idea where they were headed. Yeah. Well, without getting too deep into the, the political side of this, I just, like I said, my, my friends. On, here, and here's what a couple of my friends on Martha's Vineyard said. When does the next plane land? Because we're ready for them now. Come, um, come from away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come from away. Exactly. A show, by the way, that's in Sacramento, I think, next week or the week after. Yeah. If you get a chance to see that and you haven't seen it yet, it's about folks who landed in Newfoundland after uh, during nine, the whole 9-11 experience because those planes had to go somewhere. And then they couldn't take off for a couple days. And what a great, great show. If you if there are tickets still available, if you get a chance to go see it, I strongly recommend it. Hey, here's something kind of different. The Giants have announced that they are going to invite people to play a round of golf on the field. Nine holes. Park. Nine holles. Yeah, yeah, nine holes. Uh, cool. Looks like cool. it's going to cost between uh, $300 and $350. And uh, let's see if I can find the date on this announcement here while you're looking go, go ahead while you're looking for it there was a walk around mini golf event in uh, uh downtown sacramento a couple of nights ago i i missed out on that one that would have been fun to do well i'm not a golfer but the idea of if i were a golfer the idea of being able to get on the field and and do nine holes might be kind of interesting anyways it's in november uh november the 17th through the 20th uh, we have a link at TravelGuysRadio.com if you're a baseball fan and a duffer besides. Why, here is the perfect opportunity for you. We mentioned that water restrictions have been imposed for Grand Canyon South Rim. The North Rim already had uh, restrictions in place. 
Uh, this is pretty serious, folks. Arizona is running out of water, and the national park is really having some issues. Um, under existing water restrictions, park staff and partners have been able to conserve water by using disposable dishes and utensils in restaurants, serving water by request only, uh, using low-water methods to clean hotel rooms. I'm going to suggest to you, though, that every time we do something like this, we sacrifice something else because disposable dishes and utensils may not necessarily be good for the environment either. Anyway, if you're going to Grand Canyon, know that there are some issues with water there. Amtrak has unveiled enhancements to its program called Share Fair. It's for a number of trains around the country. If you are traveling in a group of three or more and you ticket together, you can get discounts on some selected Amtrak trains. The best one in the, out of the Sacramento area that is involved in this promotion is the San Joaquin train. So if you are using the San Joaquin to get to Bakersfield or anything like that from Sacramento, there are some discounts if you're traveling in a party of three or more. And finally, here are some, uh, some notes from particularly from Carnival Cruise Line. Um, Carnival has implemented a curfew for minors for children age 17 and under on board its ship. Ships, it says, um, this is in reaction to some disturbances caused by minors on board. Um, after 1 a.m., guests who are 17 years of age or under uh, that cannot be in public areas unless they are accompanied by an adult. Also, Carnival has announced something kind of fun. They are bringing back their Dr. Seuss breakfast. This is something they used to do on some of their ships. Mm -hmm. uh, they're bringing back their green eggs and ham breakfast for the first time since the pandemic. It will return to the fleet on October 1st on week-long cruises. They do that once on each cruise. And finally, some not-so-good news from the cruise for the cruise lines. Um, this came out last week. Uh, this is a little bit alarming. The, the key number here is $73 billion. That would be B, billion dollars. $73 billion is the amount of money that the three major cruise lines, Carnival, um, NCL, and Norwegian, are totally in debt. This is a little bit concerning because none of these cruise lines has ever turned a profit that is equivalent to the interest rates that they're now paying on this debt. So um, that means it's going to be really hard for these people to pay their obligations and turn a profit and provide a good quality experience for people, something is going to have to give somewhere because if they can't pay their debt, they're out of business. So uh, if you're thinking about giving one of these three major cruise lines a big chunk of your cash a long ways in advance for some spectacular savings, I might be a little bit careful there. Yeah, I might be more likely to pay the deposit, skip the big savings, and pay the balance when it comes due. Um, remember, uh, Crystal Cruise Lines went out of business um, earlier. Well, it's been about a year now. Um, $73 billion. Uh, it, it's, it's just an incredible amount of money. I've got a legal document here. I've got three different documents that talk about the amount of money that these folks are in uh, in debt. And, uh, you know, Royal Caribbean announced that their new $1 billion plus in debt will, will cost them 116 percent in annual interest it replaces debt on which they played paid two plus and four plus percent interest anyway that's probably something for a financial show or tom sullivan or something like that but the reality is that the three major cruise lines are in real financial arrears so just take that into account when you're thinking about making your travel purchases and that's your travel news for today let's delve into the booking for thanksgiving and christmas and 
all the cancellation rules and stuff to be aware of when you get ready to uh, book those holiday vacations. Mark, uh, what advice do you have up your sleeve, your short sleeve, I might add? I don't have a whole lot new. We've talked about this a couple times. Every few weeks we try to mention this here on the Travel Guys, but I really this will be this 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 will be my last warning. If you're going to travel around Thanksgiving, Christmas or New Year's, you seriously need to think about buying your tickets if you haven't already done so. When you go and look at the ticket prices, you're going to see now at this point prices that pretty much resemble the summer. There were some bargains to start with, but if you didn't listen to the first couple of warnings, um, you're now into a situation where ticket prices are escalating. Availability is starting to get tight on some routes, particularly when you might want to fly. Um, Around the holidays, there are some tips, um, and I, I think they've become fairly widely known now. Flying on the holiday itself generally will get you the lowest fare. Not as many flights will operate on that day. So it will get you a better fare. It may not necessarily get you a better time or a better connection because they may have eliminated a flight that's important to to when you want to travel. Well, I can see that being something you could do at uh, at Christmas time. You can fly on Christmas Eve, even on Christmas Day. You know, trying to show up at somebody's home to celebrate Thanksgiving and you're actually flying on Thanksgiving could be could be problematic. Well, and of course, um, you got to keep in mind weather. And people say, well, you know, if I'm flying from Sacramento to Phoenix or Sacramento to Houston or mm-hmm. something like that, how could the weather possibly impact me? Well, let's say you're leaving at 10 o'clock in the morning. Your plane could very well have started the day as far east if you're leaving at 10 o'clock as Chicago or New Orleans. If you're leaving at noon, it could have started the day all the way on the other side of the country. So the point there is that that plane could have started in any sort of weather. And if you're taking a flight later in the day in the wintertime, which I don't recommend, but if that's what you end up with, then the chances of there being delays go up dramatically. And if you're connecting a flight that leaves later in the day, boy, that's just you're really taking your your chances. You need to travel. This is like going on a cruise or a vacation or something like that. You never plan to arrive, of course, on the day that you depart. I wouldn't even suggest the day before you depart. I would suggest a couple of days before you departed on a cruise or a vacation um, in order to have that extra time. Same rule applies at the holidays. If you're going someplace to celebrate Christmas with your family or somebody special, getting there after the event is not going to really, you know, it's like, why did I come? Mm -hmm. So why not go one day earlier? And yeah, you may incur a hotel cost or something like that. Maybe you're stuck with the you're in with the relatives for one more day, but at least you're there. And then coming home may become problematical also. But um, if you're going to come when you're coming back, the day after Thanksgiving is the busiest day of the year every year in the skies, unless it's the day before Thanksgiving. So those are the two busiest days. Um, if you're going to come back Thanksgiving weekend, Saturday is your best bet. Um, But the truth of the matter is, with Thanksgiving, very heavily traveled, short time period. At this point, in looking at fares today, you're going to have to go a week before Thanksgiving to get a decent fare, and you're going to have to come back at least the following Wednesday to get a decent fare. Everything is escalated in the meantime. You talked about flying on Thanksgiving and the risk of that, and the reality is that because of exactly what you said, Tom, well, gosh, you know, you don't want to miss Thanksgiving dinner because your plane was late. So that makes people not want to fly on Thanksgiving. So that makes the seats easier to come by. 
So if you can fly early in the day on Thanksgiving or maybe you're going somewhere and, and having dinner or something and you can get out of town and head back home at the end of the day, I have no idea what your family arrangements are, but those are all possibilities that you need to consider for Christmas. Um, Christmas is on a weekend this year. So if you really have to go the Monday or Tuesday of the week before at this point to get any decent fares, there are some fares on Wednesdays if you fly late in the day or you take a red eye, something like that, um, before Christmas on Sunday. Same thing for returning. Um, if you return the Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday after Christmas, you will get a much better fare than if you try to come home the day after Christmas itself. Even Tuesday morning, the 27th, doesn't look particularly good. So anyways, if you're thinking about it, now is the time to stop thinking about it and make a decision because thinking about it is costing you money. And also, it's narrowing down the options that you might have. And being stuck in an airport with a three- or four-hour layover, especially if you have kids or you're traveling with a pet or something like that, may not make for the best of, of holiday arrangements. So a couple of things also you need to remember. You buy a ticket. Mm -hmm. If you buy it at least seven days before you fly on any of the U.S. carriers, you are allowed a 24-hour grace period to cancel that ticket without penalty or without a voucher or anything else. You can get a cash refund up to 24 hours. So you buy the, if you when you get to the point where you're pretty sure what you need and then, oh, no, we've, we can't go that day. We, we, we have an appointment at 10 o'clock. We've got to leave on an earlier flight or the night before. You can go back and make that change within 24 hours. won't cost you anything. So that's one thing to, to really keep in mind is that if you've got one little factor that you're not sure of, buy the ticket. Just keep in mind that you've just got that one-day period to be able to get out of it. And don't let Southwest talk you into a voucher. Up to 24 hours, you're entitled to a refund. Think about another thing. Closer it gets to the holidays, the harder it's going to be to get those airlines on the phone. So oh, yeah. if you have any issues, um, if you have a situation where you have any special needs or you have any questions about special needs or something, gosh, you need to really, you need to get a hold of the airlines now. That's another reason you should be buying your ticket now. If you have any kind of a, a quirk or anything that you need to special to set up, then really set it up now. Um, I noticed, I've noticed something online, Tom, and I watched one of my staff fall victim to this the other day. They were looking up Southwest Airlines online, and what, when you look up Southwest, Southwest actual website is about the fifth thing listed. The others are all ads for other people who will sell you airline tickets. Mm -hmm. They cleverly cannot say certain things in their ad because they would be violating Southwest copyright. But they can say things like, do you need a ticket on Southwest Airlines? Um, there are lots of different ways. If you go online, they've, they've gotten very creative. All the airlines are like this. So be careful if you're not an experienced traveler and you're going online to buy your tickets, you could very well end up doing business with someone other than the airline. And I just really don't recommend that. It's very easy to do business with the airlines directly. Flying in the winter has its own weather risks and the like. You might need to get a hold of the airline in order to reschedule a flight or something like that. So please think about the possibility when you go online, find the actual website for the airline. It will say official website right up in the ad. So be careful because a lot of those are ads. And once in a while, the airlines themselves even put an ad in there. So be careful when you're buying. If you, if you click on something online and you pull it up and you say, wow, 
This doesn't look like the Delta website that I'm used to. It probably isn't the Delta website mm-hmm. you're used to. And you're about to pay some fees or not have as much availability or get jerked around in some way. So really, 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 if you have a favorite website you do business with, Kayak or Booking.com or something, go to the airline's website, find out exactly what it is that you want and exactly what it costs, and then go to that secondary website, if you must, and buy the ticket. Just know that on Christmas Eve, when your flight gets canceled and you need to know how you're going to get there, the folks at Kayak are going to be at home having dinner with their families, and they're not going to be there to help you. Yeah, yeah, they ain't that great advice there. I mean, it happens happens all the time. Uh, by the way, uh, the voucher situation. Mark, have you gotten any uh, any emails saying that here's that voucher that we told promised you that we would uh, that we would send to you that would be good indefinitely? Oh, you're talking about the spam emails and stuff like that? Yeah. No, I'm talking about the real vouchers that are supposed to be sent out by Southwest. They have so many to go through, uh, and because they had, they were going to expire, and then Southwest said, "You know what? We're not going to let your your uh, your money uh, expire. We're going to extend it." indefinitely but we got to do some paperwork and then we'll send you a notification that uh that you're good to go well if you haven't got it uh just hold your breath because it's going to take a while all right let's go a long ways away and a long time apart (laughs) again with our favorite uh road reporter and consumer advocate and travel expert chris elliott joins us from I am in Zagreb, Croatia. Yeah, thanks for a little bit of your time this morning. Um, you had recently an adventure with an extended uh, vacation rental where you went to, prepared to check out, and much to your chagrin, um, even with your two teenage housekeepers with you, were unable to meet the, the checkout standards, and there were some issues there. Would you explain to our listeners a little bit about your experience? I thought in there were some uh, perhaps some lessons for other people who are renting vacation homes and and um, what happened to you could just as easily happen to them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's interesting that both of these incidents happened when I was in Sedona. One happened a couple of years back and the other one happened more recently. So Sedona, in my mind at least, has a little bit of a reputation for doing this. Uh, let me start with the first one. Uh, the first incident involved us checking out after about a month. We usually stay for a longer period of time because we're kind of global nomads. We live all over the place. And um, I got a an email from the vacation management, rental management company, and they said, um, hey, we're going to have to charge you an extra $500. Uh, your dog shed all over the, uh, the sofa, and we had to call on a special cleaner. So I said, uh, guys, <clears throat> I don't have a dog. And uh, so, um, yeah, yeah. Um, and so they said, oh, you know, our mistake. Uh, and then they didn't charge me the $500. Wow. So that I thought easy, that was really uh, interesting. Just like that? It was that easy. And I didn't have to pull out the do you know who I am card. They just backed away immediately. So I thought that was, you know, kind of interesting that they were doing that kind of on the, on, the, on the tail end that they were adding these cleaning fees. But then it happened actually to me again more recently. And this time, we had been in the rental for a little bit longer. We'd been there for a couple of months, and we had cleaned it as thoroughly as we possibly could. Uh, And then we checked out, and uh, about 24 hours after we checked out, we got these photos from the owner with um, little dust bunnies in the corner, things that we had missed when we were cleaning. We, We had cleaned the place very thoroughly. And they said, look, this 
uh, the place needs a deep cleaning, and uh, we're going to have to charge you $2,000 for it. Holy cow. Wow. $2,000. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I said to them, uh, look, uh, I'm, I'm not an idiot here. I took pictures of the rental before I left it, and here are the photos, and it showed a clean uh, vacation rental. Now, it wasn't 100% clean. We had actually paid a cleaning fee, and we were expecting the cleaning professionals to come and clean after that, but they wanted more money. So uh, it, it, in the end, uh, we went back and forth, and I said, look, I, I can't pay $2,000. Uh, $1,000 of that was a um, so it was some sort of a convenience fee, so it had nothing to do with cleaning. So in the end, uh, I agreed to pay them $500 just to make the whole thing go away. But uh, I was not very happy, so I wrote a story about it. Chris, is, it, 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 this kind of sounds a little bit like the, the rental car um, surcharge. You know, you drive away, you left the car, there was nobody there. You drive away, and they charge you for an extra day because that's when they when they checked it in or um, something like that. Is it? Do you have any any suggestions or ideas for for folks who do vacation rentals? Please share. Yeah, I mean, uh, you you uh, for sure uh, you want to be taking pictures of the vacation rental before and after so that you have a record of what it looks like. Uh, don't leave anything to chance. Even if the people there are really nice, um, deal with also deal with a reputable agency. Um, if you're renting with VRBO or Airbnb, that's even better because then you've got an intermediary that you can work with. Um, but don't don't just deal with some mom and pop because um, they obviously they could charge you an extra cleaning fee, and if they had your credit card information, uh, you wouldn't have any choice in the matter. Speaking of which, uh, you can always dispute a credit card charge if it's not a legitimate charge. If they can't show uh, a cleaning invoice or evidence that they had to clean, then uh, you, you have a very good case. You can file a dispute under the Fair Credit Billing Act. That's just a standard credit card chargeback. Contact your bank, and uh, you can get the fee reversed. Um, the one thing to remember, though, is that if you win in a dispute, that they may actually blacklist you. So don't think about coming back to Sedona and running from the same people because they'll, you'll be on a list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that definitely sounds like it. But um, your point to the credit card is, is, well, is well made. And also um, taking pictures when you arrive at the vacation rental. Um, I'm not sure how many people think of that. You know, we, we, we've talked a lot about taking pictures of your rental car when you take it back or of a vacation mm-hmm. rental you're ready to leave and showing that you've cleaned up. But but your point of taking pictures when you arrive so that you can show what it looked like uh, when you took possession of the rental and that indeed, you know, you had made your best effort to get it back to that sort of condition. Anyways, I, I, I appreciate um, your wisdom and your insight there. Sorry you had to, to do that, but thanks for taking one for the team. We're talking with Chris Elliott, consumer advocate I'm here on The Travel Guys. You can find information about um, what Chris does for consumers at TravelGuysRadio.com or at Elliot, two L's and two T's, dot org. Um, it is, there is a way to join Chris's organization. You can pay a few shekels and some really cool travel information and stuff like that. I'll let you go to the to the website and take a look at it. Chris, the uh, last week, something reared its head in Congress, saw a note about a bill that might impact the points and miles lovers uh, who like to use their credit cards to accrue such things. Perhaps a bill that would that would outlaw or change the way those are distributed? Yeah, it's that's really interesting. Um, I first caught wind of this about a month ago. It was very quietly introduced over the summer. And um, what it would do is, um, as you probably know, uh, Visa and MasterCard hold about an 80%, 87% market share for uh, credit debit card transactions. 
So what this bill would do is it would be it would open up the networks and and it would basically force uh, these networks to accept uh, other uh, credit card networks and um, essentially bring more competition uh, to uh, credit cards. But what it would also do is it would it would uh, lessen the amount of of rewards in the system. Um, and a similar bill was passed in 2010 for debit cards, and it basically eliminated all rewards for debit cards. So it'll probably do the same thing for credit cards. Um, and a lot of travelers and a lot of, of these uh, credit card bloggers that love credit card rewards are dead set against it. Of course, the credit card companies are as well, and they have been waging a grassroots campaign to destroy this bill before it gets out of the gate. I'm not sure if the, ga- if, if the uh, bill has a chance of passing, but if it does, it could th- make things really interesting because right now, I think a lot of travelers are kind of hooked on credit cards. Uh, they do things like they pay more for airline tickets in order to get more points and miles. I think that our judgment has gotten impaired as uh, as travelers because of these uh, credit card cards that offer um, rewards. And so I think this could actually make things much more sane in the end. The other thing that, uh, that uh, these uh, credit card rewards do is that they essentially take from the poor and give to the rich. Um, there have been numerous studies that have been done, and they show that uh, poor people basically pay more fees and higher interest rates. And then all that money goes to subsidize rewards for people who are more influent, uh, affluent and can afford to uh, pay off their credit cards uh, every month. So it could actually wow. be overall a good thing for everyone. And that was the way I read it, too, and that's why I wanted your take on it is that uh, – and speaking as a business person who accepts credit cards, um, I will tell anybody who does business with my company and uses a credit card, it costs you a full 3%. Mm-hmm. I, I have to mark up my product in order to be able to cover the charges that the credit card company gives to me which are quite a bit higher than they were 20 years ago because they're providing all of these miles, points, et cetera. So if you think these miles and points are free, think again because you are paying for them. The the merchant is charging you an amount of money to be able to cover the cost of that because ultimately the charge is coming back to the merchant. So if there was more competition for credit cards, um, yes, they they wouldn't be in a position to give you all of those rewards, but the cost – of doing business would come down because merchants like me, if it only costs me a percent and a half to for you to cr- use a credit card, then I would only mark up my product a percent and a half. So there would be considerable savings yeah. since travel products tend to be expensive. You know, you could be talking Absolutely. about hundreds of dollars in savings. Two things. I mean, uh, first, I've been talking to people who are who are actually working on systems that would cost almost nothing to do per transaction. So, uh, uh, you know, things like cryptocurrency and other payment methods that I've seen being used overseas that really, uh, you know, bring the cost per transaction down to almost zero, which I think is really great. And, and that would allow merchants to uh, lower their prices. The second thing, though, is that um, this, this type of legislation has been done in other countries, notably in Australia, and uh, merchants did not lower their rates. They kept them the same. So they just basically pocketed the 3%. Um, I know that you would not do that, but I think others might. So uh, my concern is yeah. that if, uh, if you know, if prices came down, that, that uh, it would be nice also if, if, the swipe, if the swipe fees were eliminated or 
if the, the more credit card competition happened, that the you would also have uh, lower prices and that the merchants would, would bring their prices down. So we just don't know if that's going to happen yet here in the States. Well, Chris, from halfway around the world, thanks for uh, weighing in and giving us your expertise on a couple of topics today. Um, what's what's next on you guys' adventure list? Oh, well, we are headed off to Cyprus next. So that happens in a couple of days. And um, it's going to be really interesting because, as you probably have heard, uh, Turkey is uh, threatening to invade a couple of Greek islands. Cyprus is divided between the Turkish half and uh, the Greek half. So if there is going to be a flare-up, it'll happen probably right in our own backyard. So we're not looking forward to that necessarily. Wading into a mess again. Is there a, a, a for, for for those of you who don't know, Chris is is uh, traveling the planet with his two um, teenage sons and reporting on, about it along the way. Chris, is there a uh, is is there an end to the tour? Is there a, a, a time frame? Are you guys just going to go until you run out of gas? What's the plan? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we we probably are going to be back in the states in another year or two, uh, but we don't know exactly when. Well, thank you very much for your time today uh, from the streets of Croatia. Um, Chris Elliott joining us on the Travel Guys again. Um, TravelGuysRadio.com for a link to the topics that we talked about today and uh, also to Chris's organization. Um, it is a consumer advocacy organization that you can join for a very reasonable amount of money, and Chris will send you all kinds of cool information. If you are a world traveler on any level, you will find valuable. Thanks again, Chris. You guys be safe. Okay, thank you. Always a pleasure to have Chris Elliott on with the Travel Guys. It's that time of the year, ladies and gentlemen. As always, about this time of the year, we spend some time with our brother Al Petrelli, the lead guitar player and the musical director for the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Welcome back to the Travel Guys, Al. It's that time again. Hey, Tom. It's good to hear your voice, buddy. And uh, Yeah, it's that time. I can't believe it. Middle of September, here we are talking about Christmas already. Already. Well, let's get some nuts and bolts out of the way. Uh, this show is uh, on Sunday. Uh, let's see, Saturday, Friday, uh, this past Friday, tickets went on self- sale for TSO. So you can go ahead and go to our, our website, TravelGuysRadio.com. You'll find a link to the TSO site where you can get your tickets. Something new this year. They're uh, offering up for a week uh, tickets at $29. So uh, check mm-hmm. that out. Get them now. Get them while they're hot because uh, they won't last long. Two shows is always a 3 p.m. and a 7.30 p.m. I prefer the 7.30 show. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> All right, Al, uh, let's let's start off by telling me how the band's doing. How is everything? How did rehearsals go? Well, everything's been going great so far. Thank you for asking. Uh, you know, last-minute tweaks on the set list. Uh, some more production stuff going on. I, you know our crew. They're always you know, coming up with new ideas and just crazy new things to excite the audience and the guys on stage as well. So uh, things are moving along. About another three weeks or so, we'll move uh, to Omaha, Nebraska, where we've been doing our production rehearsals for about 15 years now. And uh, listen, I'm as excited as you. I get to see the production for the first time then, so I can't wait to see what they got in store for us. You know, Al, uh, for the, we have a lot of listeners that have seen your show, but there's going to be, as always, those that haven't. I want you to walk us through this, a little theater of the mind. Walk us through the TSO experience from entering the arena, you know, merchandising, to the show itself. 
Well, I think the first thing that people who have never seen us are going to notice is how uh, the audience, you, you can't paint them into a corner. It's not one particular audience, as you well know. You're going to see, you know, infants, two-year-olds, five-year-olds with their grandparents, their parents, aunts, uncles, uh, you know, people dressed up in, in TSO garb, people dressed in their Sunday go-to-meeting clothes. Listen, some people are just going to wear, like, Slayer hoodies. <laughs> you know, we get all types because they all love the diversity of the music and the presentation. You know, on stage, you're going to hear works by the great composers from Mozart and Beethoven to Liszt and Chopin, uh, right down to good old-fashioned American rock and roll and everything in between. Um, the biggest rock and roll production on the planet, more lights and pyro and lasers and moving trusses, video screens, uh, just, just more than you've ever seen in one show before. And for two and a half hours, we're going to take you on this sonic and visual journey, uh, carefully wrapping it all around Paul O'Neill's beautiful story called The Ghost of Christmas Eve. How'd I do? How was that? That was excellent. That was excellent. Not bad. For, and, for and, a run-on and... sentence, not bad. Well, you know, uh, also, uh, you, we don't want to give everything away. Uh, there's always a, a surprise after the Ghost of Christmas Eve uh, where some other stuff happens. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to say, we're not going to say what it is. We're going to make them wait for it. Uh, and Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, let's see. Best seat in the house. Oh, God, that depends. I mean, sometimes, you know, the first 10 rows are great seats. You know, you kind of have a little bit more of an up-close, intimate experience with the folks on stage. Sometimes 50 rows back is the best seat because you get more of the grand scope of the production. Sometimes the last row in the arena is the best seat in the house because, you know, there's all sorts of crazy effects back there as well. So the last row becomes the front row. So Paul O'Neill and his family, our management and our department heads, were really careful over the last 23 years of making sure everybody in the venue gets a great seat. You know, there's really no nosebleeds at one of our shows. You know, whether you're paying $29 a seat or you're paying, I don't even know what the most expensive ticket is, like 60 bucks, 70 bucks, whatever. You know, it's absolutely not a mortgage payment to come see us. But wherever you sit, you're going to have the time of your life. And w- one, of the, one of the things that uh, is really fascinating is the scope of the, of the crew. Tell us, about, mm-hmm. uh, tell us about the size of your, first of all, the orchestra, the band and all, and then uh, your road crew. What do you have? Well, we have a seven-piece rock band, uh, eight of the greatest singers on God's earth, a seven-piece string section, and that's just on stage. Underneath and behind the stage, there's 85 men and women who work as hard, if not harder, than us to make sure that every show goes off without a hitch. I mean, they're about as well-rehearsed as we are. We'll run this show probably two times a day for almost 30 days before we open up on November the 16th. You know, so we want to make sure that every show is a perfect first show. When I see you, it may be my 20th show or 30th show, but for you, it's going to be your first show, and we're going to treat it as such. All right. Now, as far as the scale, the scope and size of the band, we started off in 99. We did our first bunch of shows. We had a 24-foot box truck and a pair of buses. I think last year I counted 20 or 21 tractor trailers and 12 buses. So it's grown up like one of our kids has grown up over the years, you know, from infancy to young adulthood. And I just couldn't be prouder of it. Based on uh, all the different places that you have to travel between November 16th and December 31st, which is the last show in San Antonio, I looked it up. Uh, uh, do you travel exclusively uh, by wheel? Yeah, we're on the bus. That's it. You know, uh, we'll all fly in from wherever we come from to Omaha, Nebraska. 
uh, for rehearsals, and then it's on the bus. Only because we got it down to a science. You know, the mileage, uh, the, the distance between the venues, the load-in times, the, the show times, the call times, all that. Uh, it, it's a little squirrely and a little dangerous, you know, getting on an airplane. You know, I mean, we leave right after the show to the next city, so no matter what happens, we got, you know, some breathing room to get there. You know, there's been occasions where a bus will get a flat tire or something happens, and, you know, we always try to get to where we're going to be. You know, waiting till the next morning to fly to a new city? Yeah, not in the winter, dude. Mm-mm. Our travel and entertainment guest, Al Petrelli. You know, my, my daughters have every uh, TSO ornament that you've ever produced. Are we gonna, oh, I love that. Uh, uh, is your merchandising? Are we gonna we gonna have a new TSO ornament this year? Yes, you are. I promise. <laughs> That's great. A uh, couple of quick off the off the cuff kind of questions here. What's your favorite venue? To be honest with you, dude, you know, I mean, the Arco was a famous building. You know, the new one, the Golden One, is is been awesome. And you guys welcome us home every time we come through town. So, to be honest with you, each community, you know, has a special place in my heart because all of you collectively have put us on the map and made us part of your holiday tradition. Well, all right, Al, it's been great spending some time with you. Uh, one last opportunity for you to invite the entire Travel Guys and Entertainment uh, uh, audience to your TSO show. This year. Go for it. Well, guys, listen, we're coming back. Sacramento, Friday, December 2nd, the Golden One Center, 3 o'clock and 7.30 with my brother Tommy Romano. I'll be there. You'll be there. It's going to be the best day and night ever. I'll see you soon. God bless and happy holidays. Same to you, Al. Stay well. We'll see you at the show. All right, Tommy, congratulations. Wish that baby a happy birthday. Outstanding. Bye for now. Bye-bye-bye. Can't wait, can't wait for the next TSO show. Well, we're, we're nearing the end of another Travel Guys radio program, folks. Thanks for uh, for coming along. Mark, what do you got? Well, I just want to remind people one more time, if you're thinking about flying around the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, make sure you investigate and buy those tickets soon. And in the meantime, I suggest you dance like nobody's watching. That's great. All right, friends. Stay well. See you next time here on The Travel Guys.